We're still in this series called Jesus because I really just want to look at his life and literally follow after him and say, God, what do you want me to do? Like, what is, what is Jesus showing me? How is Jesus telling me to live? How do I trust him? What, you know, what are his miracles supposed to mean in my life? And what are, what are these things? What is he calling us to do specifically? And all these kind of different things. And the question that I came up with in my mind the other day, which is kind of where this, uh, this message is going to lead, was, um, are Christians happy? That was the question I had in my mind because um, I just continue to learn things. And if you know anything about me, I'm, I'm kind of a deep thinker. I'll just sit and think for fun sometimes because, I don't know, it's just what I like to do. But um, I know that's weird. I don't know why I told you all that. But um, I, I oftentimes, though, I'll start to think, and I'm by myself. Like, I'll just go in my, in my room and just sit down and listen to music or something, just, just sit there and think and be like, what is it? What, what am I supposed to do? Like, what is something about me that needs to change? Or like, what is this life all about? Really just kind of life purpose kind of questions. Like, what's the meaning to this kind of questions that I think to myself? And um, the more I think about things sometimes, the less happy I am. Because, I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Ernest Hemingway say this, like, smarter people are less happy or whatever. Well, there was like a question to John Piper, and he was like, no, it's not that smarter people are less happy. It's just that with more knowledge comes more vexation. Meaning, like, the more you know about life, the more you understand that there's going to be suffering. Or the more you understand, like, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's like you're in the middle of the ocean, and, you know, you're in your little boat, and your little boat is all you know. And then all of a sudden you realize you're in a boat, and you look out, you're like, oh, that's the rest of the stuff I don't know. Then you start getting a little, like, well, man, like, I, it's just so depressing. And so, like, I was just like, are Christians happy? Like, we, we're going against the grain all the time, and it's, it never fails. And at least three out of four Sundays in a month, we talk about, oh, there's some hard times. Hey, you know, there's, there's peace, and there's comfort in Christ. And, and we talk about this all the time. And, and, and it seems like, I'm thinking to myself, if there's somebody coming into the door they think to themselves, oh, you know, the Christian life is so depressing. Why do we always talk about hard times? Why do we always talk about, uh, you know, we're just going through difficulties? And, you know, why don't we talk about the, the, the fun things? You know, I just want to have fun. I just want to party. And I want to, you know, I just want, I want something to be fun. I want something to be entertaining to me. And, you know, everybody kind of has that side of them. They want to, you know, laugh, cut up, have fun, you know, have a, a party and just enjoy one of those presents, that kind of stuff. But, I was like, are Christians happy? And I started reading through the Gospels. And I was just flipping through, flipping through. And finally, I just went to the little concordance thing where it says, you, you know, you can find the word happy and find where it says it in the Bible. And joy, you know, same word, whatever. And uh, I came upon uh, this passage, and I was like, man, this is incredible. And I want y'all to understand something, okay? So... Every one of y'all in here have been to a church service at least one time, even if this is your first time. But just pretend that this is your first time in church, period. You've never been before. You've never, you've never really experienced what this whole thing is supposed to be like. And, you know, your mind is just, you just got a blank slate. And you just get to draw just a blank canvas. And now we're just going to paint this picture 
of what we're supposed to be about, okay? So Jesus is talking, you know, to his disciples, and he just lays it out flat for them. And it's, this is just incredible. Just what he's talking about is so incredibly simple, but I cannot wrap my mind around it. Like, I cannot, I'm just trying to think about everybody. I'm trying to put everybody in a scope, everybody in a perspective, and I'm trying to think about, are they thinking about it like me? And I'm just like, wow, it's so simple, but it's mind-blowing, okay? Clean slate, clean canvas, let's just read God's Word. We're going to start in John chapter 15. Verse 1. It says, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples." This brings great glory to my Father. So we first see that we got this picture of a tree. And this tree is Jesus, and we are the branches. You have Jesus, and here's us. We're the branches. And God, the Father, is the gardener. And he's the one who produces the growth. He's watering, and he's, he's producing the growth. He's keeping the garden up, and we're attached to Jesus, and that's how we are alive. That is where we find our worth. That is where we find our purpose. That is where we find our meaning. Everything about us is found in Christ. If we are a branch and we're not connected to the tree, then we fall off. We're on the ground. We have no life. We might as well be dead and, and burned. Basically, if you are not connected to Jesus, you might as well be dead. That's the hard truth. That, that is a very, very hard truth. It says that you can do nothing apart from him. Okay, so you think I can't do anything. Okay, well, I can have a job. I can do this temporary. Let's think, let's think long term, okay? What happens when you die? Everything comes to an end. So without Jesus, you can do nothing. This life has no purpose if it wasn't for Jesus. Everything you are is found in Christ. You are a branch. You are nothing without the tree. And you are a branch connected to the tree so that you can produce fruit. And God is the one who does that. Because we get all wrapped up in this, this Christian thing sometimes, and we think, oh, man, I, I got I to gotta work harder. You know, I got to study more. I got to read my Bible five times a day, and I got to do this, I got to do that. Instead of just being a human being, instead of a human doing, 
We, we, start, we start doing all these things, and, and we don't just sit back and let God work in us. Instead, we want to build up these walls, and these walls come in the form of, hey, I want to do something. We, we put a front on like we're doing something good, but instead, on the inside, what we're really doing is we're building up walls because we don't really want to let God in and change the way we're doing things. Instead, we want to do things like church. Instead, we want to do things like read our Bible for, you know, just for no reason. We'll say, I'm going to read my Bible, check that box, and I'm going to pray right before I go to bed. And you know what? I'm going to uh, pray before we go, you know, we eat and all these kind of other things. And, and, you know, sometimes we're going to talk about God and we're going to say, hey, you want to come to church with me? I'm making a disciple by inviting my friend to church. I don't want to talk to him about Jesus, but I'm going to invite him to church so they can hear somebody else teach him about Jesus. I'm I'm just going, you know, I'm going to do all these different things and I'm going to put on a facade so that God doesn't have to really change the true me. So I don't have to be truly connected to the branch and let him produce fruit in me. Instead, I just want to hang out on the ground and say, I see you, tree. I see you. I'm just going to do my little branch thing over here apart from you. That's not realistic. That's not life. That's not Christian. That's, That's not being a Christian. So that's the reality. And that's the context of what we're about to be reading. And that's a really hard truth to, to, to let soak in. But the reality is you are nothing apart from Christ. Because logically thinking, you are nothing without the one who made you. God made every one of us. We are nothing if it wasn't for him. He gives us purpose. He gives us meaning. He put us here. We are nothing without him. And the reality of it is, and this is hard too, that all of us, all of us need correcting. Every single one of us have lies in our minds. Every single one of us do things every day. We have practices, habits. We have all kinds of these different things that are bad for us inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, just, you know, different things. It doesn't really matter what it is. We all have something. And the reality of it is we all need correcting. And once we let that sink in, oh my goodness, humility, just admit, just confess that you need help doing something. Just confess that you need God. Open up your heart and let him in. Let him do something in there. And wow, will you see so much Fruit And that pressure you feel on your shoulders about being a Christian or whether, you know, being a Christian or not being a Christian, just living your life, that pressure that you feel, it's not there. It's non-existent because you're not trying to put on a show. You're not trying to live this life for you. There's, there's no pressure because you are connected to him. He's producing your fruit and you're remaining in him. And so we're going to go on and start in verse 9. It says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. That is the most incredible thing I think I've ever heard in my life. I have never in my life, I've read that a couple times before. But never in my life have I understood it quite like I have this time around. Jesus loves us just as much as God loves him. God loves his son with this 
infinite amount of love, this immeasurable amount of love, off the charts, you cannot measure it kind of love. We cannot even fathom. We can't even begin to describe with words this kind of love. We don't even know what it's like to be able to love like that. And Jesus loves us like that. If you're if you were wondering before you came in here or, you know, if your life has just been really hard and, and everything just seems to be crowding around you in your mind and it seems like you can't let anything in, you're just so stressed out, so burdened, and you begin to question, does God really love you? Absolutely. Way more than you could ever put into words or begin to be thankful for. You can't even be thankful for this kind of love as much as he loves you. You can't ever show enough gratitude for this kind of love. Jesus loves us as much as the Father loves him. That is incredible. And that is a life-changing truth. And we sit around like it means nothing. There's some of us in here, I'm just going to be honest, there's some of us in here who may have been to church for years now and never made one disciple. We've, ne- we've never extended that love to anybody else, yet we claim to have that love. And what's even more incredible is that we don't extend that love to each other. Yet I know almost every person in this room. How incredible is that? And what's the world supposed to know us by? Because we meet twice a week, because we read a book called the Bible, because we pray. No, I, I, don't, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible. I know we're supposed to do those things, but is the world supposed to know that we're different because we do those things? No, I think because we do those things, our actions turn into, I'm going to love everybody else around me with such a love that the world cannot recognize. We're like, well, there's something different about them. There's something different. And how many times have you heard that? A million? You going to do something about it this time? Probably not. That's okay. This love is life. It changed my life. And I know it has changed y'all's. At least some of you. So I want to go back to my first question. Is a Christian happy? Is a Christian joyful? Although we know that, you know, there's a such place called hell, and we know that, you know, that it, persecution and suffering is coming our way because of Christ, because just as he suffered and he was persecuted, so are we, because we're his children, we're, heir, we're co-heirs with him. All these different things. We are, is a Christian happy? Let's see. says, I have loved you and as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Okay, so I'm going to backtrack for a second. I got a little ahead of myself. So, this love, we're supposed to remain in it. Oh, man. Dang, it. You know what? I didn't read my Bible today. I didn't, I didn't pray as long as I should have. I should have prayed for 11, not 10 minutes, because that would have been better. 
And now I screwed up again. I messed up. I didn't remain in his love. That's not what that means. It's not what that means at all. In fact, it's, uh, it's way different than that. Um, there was this rich man, and he was so excited about following Jesus. He was like, hey, hey yo, Jesus, man, please, man, can I just follow you? Like, I'll, what can I do to get eternal life? Like, I really want eternal life. Please tell me what I have to do. And he said, said you, know the, you know the commandments, right? You know, don't murder, don't steal, honor your father and mother, do this, and do this. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I look, I kept all of those things since birth. I kept all those commandments since birth. And, he, and then Jesus says that Jesus looked on him with genuine love. He looked on him with genuine love after he said that. And then he said, but you, you got to do one more thing. This, rich, this man's rich and he's got a lot of things. And, and Jesus said, go to your house, get all your possessions together, sell them, and give the money to the poor. And the man walks away sad because he had many possessions. Now, did Jesus' love come after he followed the commandments? Or was the love there before? The love was there. The love never left. The man left. Oh, what, what about the uh, prodigal son? You know the, the story of the son who ran away? So he wanted his inheritance now. So he got all his money. He went to go party, spent it all on that. Then he got it, you know, then he did all kinds of stuff where he got broke. And, you know, he's really miserable because he just made a mistake by partying his life away. And he's with the pigs and now he's hungry. And he realizes, oh, even my father's servants, even my father's servants get to eat better food than me. And I'm, I'm, I'm his son. And I want to go back. And so he goes back. And the father runs to him and meets him, and, and, and they, they commune with each other. They're back in union with each other. Did the father not love him before he left? No, the father loved him. And that's why he allowed him to do what he was going to do. And he's like, I'm not going to force you to love me back. You can go do your own thing. When he came back, he welcomed him back in his arms. The prodigal son did not remain in his love. He left and then he came back. But here's the thing. This is how it is. It's not just obeying the commandments. It's just saying, God, I, I, want, I don't want to leave home, God. I want to stay here with you. I want, I want to be with you. I'm going to remain under your, under your care. And I'm going to be in your love. That's what I'm going to do. Is I'm going to remain in your That's what it means by remaining in, your, in his love. And you remain in his love by following his commandments. Now, what is following his commandments do. Now we're going to get to the joy part. It says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I have told you that you should be a branch connected to me. I have told you that you should remain in my love. I have told you how much I actually love you just so that your joy will be fulfilled, so that your joy will overflow. That is amazing. You know what? Joy is something that every single one of us needs. Think about it for just a second. If you lived a consistently depressing life, 
that joy did not exist at all for anyone. I watched a movie called uh, The Trolls with Lucy Kate because we're babysitting her, and she likes the weirdest movies ever, but I, I liked this movie. It was kind of cool. It was some trolls and like really weird-looking monsters, and it, it kind of creeped me out until the very end. And uh, these people uh, called the, the I, I kept thinking they said burdens, but they're not called the burdens. It's something else. But anyways, they're big like, they're like bigger trolls, and you have little trolls. And so the little trolls are always happy, and the big trolls were never happy, and they had to eat the little trolls so that they could be happy. And, and so, like, I mean, I'm just imagining, like, these people never have happiness. And they're walking around, you know, they're sleeping in the streets, and they're doing all kinds of weird stuff. And, you know, the trolls are like, woo, party. And it's like, it's the weirdest movie ever. But I realized, like, I was like, how awful would that be to live with no joy? And isn't that something we all need, though? Isn't that something we all need? We all need joy. Every one of us needs joy. We need happiness. We were created to enjoy this life. God created us so that we could enjoy this life, so we can enjoy him. I don't really understand it fully, but I know that we're supposed to have joy. I know that we're supposed to enjoy this life. And there's a lot of us walking around, and we don't have it. And my heart goes out to you, seriously. I feel for you. I know what it feels like. Seems like you got it all together on the outside, but on the inside it's so dark and dreary and not joyful, and you're just wanting something to come through, and you're like, God, I just I I need somebody to feel for me. I, I just I need somebody to talk to. And I'll never forget it. Kenny talked, you know, and I don't think he'll mind me sharing this, but um, he, he spoke on a Sunday and he was talking about how his struggle with depression. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I struggle with it too, but um, it's okay. Uh, but he said that there's one thing that whenever he gets in that state, there's one thing that he does that it's, it's not just an instant fix, but just to get him out of that, just like, okay, I've got to go love people. And when he goes into his office and he's like, he's feeling down that day, he just got, he's going to go find somebody to love. He's like, hey, man, how's your day? How's it going, man? Or, you know, man, it's not going good. Well, you know, can I pray with you? And he said, and he said that it's just like, it's like medicine to your soul, being able to love somebody and feeling somebody love you. And, and that, that sadness that you feel, that heaviness that you feel in your life, that's not actually supposed to be there. I don't know if you knew that or not, but that weight that you're carrying around, you're actually not strong enough to carry it all the time. So, like, God did not create us to live a life full of sadness. Life is hard. Life has suffering. Yes, but you can have joy through all that. Here's what I'm saying that you can be filled with joy. And Jesus is telling us these things so that we will be filled with joy, that we would follow his commandments so that we could be filled with joy. What is his commandment then? This is going to blow y'all's mind. This is going to blow y'all's mind. It says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. God loves the Son and Jesus loves us in the same way that God loves him. And we are to love each other the way that God loves the Son loves us. Mind-blowing. 
That's hard, ain't it? That's real complex. There's a lot of rules I got to follow to be a Christian. Oh, man, there's all kinds of stuff I got to follow to be a Christian. All these rules and all this burden I got to carry around. I, gotta, I have to do this. I have to. No. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we, that facade that I was talking about, we kind of do that with church, too. Like, uh, we have, like, programs. Yeah, like, a lot of programs. Like, you know, if, uh, if there's a 31-year-old single lady with two kids, we're going to make a 31-year-old single with two kids Sunday school class just for you. And if we're going to make it perfect just for you. And, you know, if, if, if something, uh, it, we're just going to, we're going to, you know, form all this around uh, these people, and we're gonna we're gonna have Sunday school, and and we're gonna have you know entertainment, and at least at least twice a week we're we're gonna get together and have snow cones. You know, okay, we're having snow cones, but that that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you get what I'm saying? Look, we put on this facade, and we try to do all these things. We, we you know we have a state. Okay, let me ask you this: If we didn't have a building. If we didn't have lights, if we didn't have a band, if we didn't have a great speaker like Kenny, and we just had each other, would we still be here? See, this is what it's like. Me and my friends, we're going to play some basketball. We're going to shoot some hoops. We're going to go over there and hoop, all right? So I get on the court with me and my crew. My squad, squad up. My five is going to be all y'all five. I'm going to get there. Somebody else is going to bring a five. I'm like, hey, man, you get a ball? No, nah, man, I didn't get a ball. Well, okay. Well, that's great. We're just here to hang out then. No. When you go play basketball, you bring the ball. You know what I'm saying? It, what it, we're not, it's not, there's nothing about, you don't go play basketball without the ball. I know it sounds stupid, yet it's really stupid. Just like coming to church without love for each other. It's really stupid. I know. I know it sounds crazy, but we do it. It's like, you know, baking your favorite cake without the main ingredient. You forgot to put the self-rising whatever it is. and I don't know what that is. I don't know how to bake a cake. All I know is you got to put something in there for the, the cake to go whoop, you know, just like airspace, you know what I'm saying? You don't want just a flat, hard cake you got to put it in there. Why would we, why would we, you know, if, if there's no love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, if we come together, we do all these things, and we're doing this, we're doing that, it just kind of names off a bunch of stuff. We do all that, and we forget love. What's the point? What's the point? We're supposed to be set apart from the world because of our love for each other. Now ask yourself, is that who we are? Is that who we are? Is that what we do? And I don't, I, I don't want to just, you know, just pound it and just pound this truth into anybody. But all I'm saying is, as I, all I'm saying is that I, I think that we just need to stop with the busyness in our minds and stop with the trying and stop with the just striving and just, oh, I got to get through this life. I got to get to the other side and just, oh, I got to do all this. Just stop that for just a second and be loved. Just stop it for just a second 
and love somebody else? If you're doing all that without love, there is no point. There is no point. And guess what else? You won't have joy. You won't have joy. True joy doesn't exist outside of love. And true love doesn't exist outside of Jesus Christ. And for us to get to the Father, there's no salvation outside of what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's simple. We got to get back to the basics. Strip everything else away. We've got to love. And there's so many people so scared to love. You've got walls in your heart. You've got wounds that need to heal. Things are hard and you don't want to give in. You don't want to be vulnerable because you're scared somebody else won't be as vulnerable as you. Don't don't think that way. You love people. You love your neighbor. You love your, your family members who are part of the body of Christ. You love them, and I promise you, God will provide everything else. You love somebody, they let you down, He will provide. You love somebody and they love you back, it's the same thing. God provides. It it will happen. So, I'm going to read the rest of it. It says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. So here's the thing. We've got to love each other. All, everything else aside, we've got to love each other. I don't care about numbers. I, I, I really, seriously don't care about anything else right now. In this moment, I, I couldn't care less. My heart is so drawn to loving each other, it's sickening. Because my, me and my heart, I long for that kind of love. And I know you do too. I'm not the minority. I know that in your heart, you want a love. You want God's love for you and somebody else's love, someone else to bear the burden with you. You don't want to be alone. You don't have to be. There is strength in numbers. Love each other. That's the solution. Are you sad? Love somebody. Let somebody love you. Their time's hard. Let somebody love you so that that burden can be lifted off your shoulders. And I want to point out something else that says that you didn't choose him, that he chose you. And this kind of gets a little weird. It's like, but I thought we chose God. Here's the thing. How could you choose him if you didn't know who he was? If God just left himself out of the equation and never tried to reveal himself to us through his word, and he was just, he was in heaven, and we turned our backs on him, and he could have just said, all right, you're good. Go ahead. You can, you're on your own. You chose to eat the fruit. 
You chose to be your own. I'm gone. Never chose to give us a plan of salvation. There's no way we could have just chosen him. He chose to reveal himself to us. He chose us. If you feel like, oh, that love is for somebody else. Uh, I've I've done so many things, and right now I'm struggling with so many sins, and and there's so many walls, but I can't love somebody like that. I can't let somebody love me like that. I've done too much stuff. I, I just, man, life's just hard. And I just don't know what to do. If you're in that place, understand that the God of the universe, he spoke this thing into motion. He created every little cell, every big mountain, every ocean. He carved it out with his hands. Everything that you see was created by him. And he chose to love us, chose to reveal himself to us, chose to die for us and chose to tell us that we could love somebody else for our own joy. Now my challenge to you is this. Are you willing to accept that challenge? Are you willing to accept that kind of love? Because I'm telling you, you accept it, you're going to go on an adventure that you never thought imaginable. I'm telling you, it's going to, it's going to be a road that you never thought you'd go on. It's going to be crazy, and your heart's going to change dramatically. I'm talking about everything about you will change because your heart has never known a love like this. Or are you a Christian and you're struggling? You're struggling to accept. You're struggling to remain in the love. Are you struggling to find joy? Just rest in that. Rest in his love. Just just go back to God and rest in him. Let him embrace you. Let him run to you, and let him just... Free your heart of everything that's holding it back. Just take a deep breath and be like, God, you've got me. You've got my back. I ain't got to worry about nothing. So if God's dealing with your heart, just let him do it. Come down here to the altar and just be vulnerable. That's my challenge. Be vulnerable. Open up your heart right now. Let it be open and come down here and pray. Come down here and ask God to give you the strength to love somebody else. And maybe you should grab somebody that you just want to show love to them right now. You just you know they're going through a hard time, or you just have a feeling in your heart they're going through a hard time. Grab them and go pray with them. Or if you're having a hard time, you're just like, man, I, I, really, I really want this person to pray with me. Go grab them and let them pray with you. Let's show that kind of love. Let's start now. Let's start now with that kind of love and continue on with it. So let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for your love. For the love that you showed the Son and that he extended to us through the cross. Lord, I pray that that right now we would just accept that challenge and begin to love each other. That we would remain in your love. And God, that we would just God, we would let all the walls in our hearts down and that we would be vulnerable to everything that you want us to do. I pray, God, we wouldn't hold anything back. I pray we would just surrender all to you. And I pray, God, that we we just we would stop thinking about everything else in this world and just, just rest in you right now. God, God, that is my heart, that we would just rest in you right now and and just be able to 
just be able to accept you for who you are. God, that, that is a very, very hard thing to do, God. It is simple, but it's not easy. God, help us. Give us strength to do that. Help us to love each other right now. God, may this room overflow with love so that, so that when people walk in here next time, God, there's just something different about these people. They love each other with a love that I've never seen before. And God, that is my only prayer right now. Because, God, that is, the, that is our foundation. That is, that is our basketball. That, God, that is our main ingredient, God. That is, that is everything that we need to be able to reach this world is love. Right there, one word, love. I pray that we would start right now. And it's in your name we ask these things. Amen.